Candy Inc. Meet Atlas Warner. He's the newest and youngest member at the shop and a talented tattoo artist. Neglected by his parents his whole life, he's finally found the family that he's always wanted at iCandy Inc. He's happy with his life. He's got a great job and even better friends. He thinks he's got everything he needs until Darcy walks into his shop. One look at the shy girl with the kind eyes and curvy body of a goddess and Atlas is hooked. Darcy Rose has been through a lot in her life, most of it bad. Her mother abandoned her. She lost both her grandparents in the span of a week. She was bullied all through school, and she had to build her company from the ground up. Darcy doesn't trust a good thing. How can she when the voices of her bullies are still ringing in her head, asking questions like, why would the tattooed hottie who could have any girl he wanted be interested in her? Now, Atlas just needs to show Darcy that he's here to stay. Atlas is the first book in the Eye Candy Ink series by Shaw Hart, and it's available now in Kindle Unlimited. Go get it, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners. Hey. Hey, lady DJs. What's up? How y'all doing? Welcome to the podcast. This is Read Me Romance. I'm having a shitty hair day. That's what I said I wanted to kick it off with Tell today. Tell us about it. Why were you mad? You know, your hair looks great. I'm, I was like, I was in a cloud of raging anger with my hair today because, all right, so do you guys wash your hair? How often do you wash your hair? Let me ask Every that. other day. Yeah, about every other day. Okay. I usually go about once every five to seven days, just depending on how, what, how my week lays out and if I need it to look fresh for a certain amount of time. <laughs> So I washed it this morning because I'm going to Universal ooh, tomorrow. Ooh. I know. Woohoo for the weekend. I found a flight from American. Did we already talk about this for like $67? I was so excited. Mic? Oh, okay. So anyways, it, I found like a super cheap flight. So I was like, let's do this shit. So I'm going with a couple of my friends. But anyways, so I was like, well, I'm going to wash my hair today so I don't have to do it this weekend. I don't have to worry about it. So um, after I wash my hair, I'm putting my product in it. And I have this like rose oil that I put in it that I love. And so I did it. And then my husband's talking to me and he's like talking about something. And he's just, it's uh, distracting me. Something I don't care about. It's something political that's on the news. He loves to listen to NPR when he's in the shower so he can rage at everybody. So he's in there like shouting at the thing and whatever. I'm ignoring him and he's talking to me. And then while I'm doing my hair and then I'm doing stuff and I go back and I'm like, did I put this stuff in my hair? I'm like, oh, I don't think I did. And it's oil. So I put it back in and it's like, I don't know if you can see this. It looks wet, right? Mm -hmm. It's not. It's dry. I put like double the amount of oil I'm supposed to in my hair. So to fucking wash it again. This is how I was so angry. Like as I'm blow drying it, I just give up. I was like. Why is this not dry? I was like, motherfucker. Okay. When you were texting, you were texting enraged. us to say you were going to be late because you had to wash your hair and you were angry about your hair. I was like, there is nothing that could make me angry about my hair, but that would, that would make, having to, because like right? time being taken away from me uh-huh. like that and for something mm-hmm. so mundane would drive me fucking crazy. Yeah. Yes. And something that I don't do very often to where I'm like, I wasn't planning on washing my hair again until next Tuesday. You know, so now I'm like, oh, great. I get to spend another 40 extra minutes. It takes 40 minutes to wash shower. your hair? 
Yes, from start to fin- from from the time I start to wash my hair to the time I get out of the shower. That's usually about how long it takes me. Your one wash probably adds up to all mine throughout the week. Yeah, <laughs> it might I'm even sure be it longer. does. Like to a quick wash. Yeah. Well, I just have I have so much hair, and it's like I go so long without washing that it it is dirty. Like when I wash it, I legitimately need to wash it. So I'm like scrubbing my scalp and rinsing it, and I'll shampoo again and scrub again, and then I'll do like three different kinds of conditioners oh and I'll do like a hair mask and I take good I'll take good care of my hair and so but it, it's nice that I don't have to wash it so often thanks dry shampoo so yeah it's just it, it like I know it sounds so stupid but like I was so angry like I don't know why but it just it, it threw my whole day off I, I think that's what it was it's like I was kind of running late for the podcast and I was like well, I just need to blow dry my hair really quick so it doesn't get frizzy and well it looks nice it really Lovely. does look nice. Thank I, you. Mine's just like half blow dried, and to, you know, I don't. I didn't. I don't take as good. I don't take as good care. But actually, while I was in um, Boston a couple weekends ago, I got a like a treatment, like a spa treatment, Ooh. and she did a yeah. like a rose hair mask on my. She did a scalp massage, oh, and then she put so this good. stuff in my hair. And it made a huge mm. difference. And I was like, maybe people it know what I'm talking the rose about. oil. Like, I, I 100% recommend the rose oil. Just don't double up on it. <laughs> but the rose oil I have is from, I think it's pronounced Quay. Q, is, is it O-U-A-I? Way? I don't know. It's by Jen Atkins. She does she does uh, Chrissy Teigen's hair. But I found the product. I got it in, you know, I think I told y'all before I do the FabFitFun mm-hmm. boxes. They come seasonally. LB got me a... Um, Everybody a gift, does uh, those. I see them everywhere. Yeah. She got me a subscription to it for my birthday last year. And so it comes like four times a year. And um, one of the ones had a leave-in conditioner in it, like a full-size bottle. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I'll try it. And I smelled it. And I was like, holy fuck, this is the shit. Like, it smells so damn good. So I was like, well, I want all these products. I didn't care who made it. (laughs) It didn't matter to me. Like, it smelled so good. And it made my hair feel really soft. And then I found out later it was Jen Atkins. And I was like, oh, she does Christy Teigen's hair. So anyway, she has this this rose oil. And it's in a bottle. And it's kind of oily. But it's made for your hair and your body. So, like, you can put it on your hands and then do your hair. And then just, like, rub it all over you if you want to. It's it smells so nice but you can't use a lot in your hair or it will do this <laughs> like where no. it's chunks of of pieces You're trying that to look tell wet, me it doesn't look that good, are all like I can dry see is perfect hair so oh, mel you have lucky charms in the though. background of your uh video today it's my husband's did you know one time my- <laughs> does he sn- does he smack does he leave him in there to snack on i don't know they've been here for a while I've actually they're probably old so one time, uh, this is probably a couple of years ago, uh, be, yeah, Mackenzie, uh, we bought Mackenzie a box of Lucky Charms as like a treat and she ate them throughout. As a treat? It's not a meal? Shh, I know. Like we don't buy, <laughs> like we wouldn't necessarily buy that kind of cereal for her. Like, you know, um, mm-hmm. this is before she had like, before, this is when she could eat sugar and you know, whatever. Yeah. So she had it throughout the week. She had it for like four or five days in a row and then she's in the bathroom and she's like, Mom! And I was like, what? I go into the bathroom. Oh, God. I know what her, she's going to say. Her poop was bright green. What? And I thought, oh God, I from the lucky out. Charms? I was like, oh, my God. She's definitely dying. <laughs> <laughs> I 
she, so we, I just really quickly, like, I Googled green poop, like, while we were standing there looking at it in the toilet. And, um, it's, you know, like, it's like one of the things that can cause that a sugar cereal, the dye in the marshmallows can turn your poop a different color. And wow. I was like, all right, we're never buying that again. That cannot be a sign that these things are healthy. <laughs> Like that, that's not so every time we're in the supermarket together good. we pass the lucky charm she's like hey mom remember that time and i was like i will never forget that trust <laughs> me your poop was bright it was like neon green yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i got it there, i, I got seen it. it was going around facebook the other day the lucky charms cheesecake i sent it to what? somebody and i was like i want this i want to eat it what is it it's a lucky charms cheesecake do you know you can buy a bag of just the lucky charms marshmallows off amazon <laughs> no yep damn just a bag of marsh you want to know why i know that because chrissy teigen used it in her hot cocoa right that sounds That's really good i know she she made her own homemade hot cocoa on her cravings website and then she said i've bought these off amazon they were the only marshmallows i had so she just like piled them up in her cocoa and i was like i just want to live in her house i want to live in her house for a week and just lay there in like a loose robe with no bra and eat food (laughs) like is that your life she's living it she's she's living it that's every day obviously working and doing other things and taking care of her children and all this Mm -hmm. stuff and she's obviously working out yeah she has to work out but a lot of her life just seems to be like lounging, enjoying herself, mm-hmm. and eating good food. Mm-hmm. And I just really, mm-hmm. that calls to me. It it's inspiring, inspiring, right? <laughs> so I went, yeah, like speaking of working out, I went to my first, uh, I went to a gym class, like an aerobics class on, I think it was Monday. Uh-huh. And how'd that go? Well, so one of the, so there's like a, it's high impact interval training, which means like you do like all these things for. Like, oh, I've done a hit class. Miss the word. I, I threw, almost up. threw up. It's really good for you. I came home and threw the fuck up. Is it where they make it you go really awful. fast and then you slow down? And you it's go like thirty fast. seconds on. That's how you burn the most fast. Thirty seconds on, thirty seconds off. And yep. the thing that I learned is that if you feel like you're even getting close to that, it just stop because you know. God, imagine throwing up in front of. But this woman fell. She fell. She slipped on her step and fell on her back. And it got me thinking about, first of all, how, like, no, one of the women that was in the class, like, she, we were doing this thing where, like, you step up on the step and hop over and then you step back on it, you know. Yeah. And um, Uh she fell. And it got me wondering, like, what do you, do you remember, like, the worst places or times that you've fallen down? And, like, like, embarrassed myself? Like, like, oh, oh my God, Leah does. Yeah, um, there's actually uh, there's video footage. Of this. There's video footage. <laughs> yeah, there is. So I'm in London. I think we have we not talked about this on the so. podcast. I was in London and um, I can't remember. Somebody was filming it. My friend Lisa was filming it, and she's doing our live feed on Alexa Riley. And I'm thre- I have a bag of Alexa Riley penises. <laughs> if you've ever been to an Alexa Riley book signing, we usually have these squishy dicks. And I'm throwing them to the crowd, just throwing them. And as I do, my ankle catches the curb and I fall to the ground in front of a line of readers that are waiting to get into this signing. Hundreds of people outside in the cold. In a busy street of London, I fall to the ground and I'm surrounded by dicks. (laughs) And I was like... Or I knew how this would go. I knew how this would happen. That is the worst fall I've ever heard. Well, and then Joe, and it's all on video. It's, it's all, all on, on video. live video, <laughs> like happening. 
And so, and then Jody's, well, now husband, then fiance, uh, Jay, that I know pretty well. Like, he's a sweet guy. I met him several dozen times before this moment. He's going inside to bring Jody a coffee and he sees me and he just walks over and he just looks straight down at me and he goes, What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I was like, I'm just, he's like, You're going to get hit by a bus. <laughs> like, you're in the bus lane, get up. And so he helps me up off the ground and he, and then he like hands, he's like, Here's your bag of dicks. I'll see you inside. And just walks That's away. Amazing. And I'm just like, fuck you, Jay. Anybody else want some dicks? I don't have anything that bad. I like, I, I fell, I've fallen in front of my, oh, I just remember falling in front of my crush once. It, like we were all bowling. Yeah, we were all bowling and it was a church, like it was like a youth group church bowling outing, you know? And I just went up and I remember like, I thought I'm going to like really like have good form. And so I know you were supposed to like slide that mm-hmm. back leg behind you. So I did. Yep. And it just kept sliding. Oh, <laughs> in front of my crush. That's worse. I feel like falling when you're young oh, is worse. Cause as an adult, I mean, it was funny, but I don't give a shit. Like it happened. It was, it was hilarious. Whatever. Like, okay, you guys <laughs> saw me true. fall, <laughs> you know, but like falling when you're in like middle school, it's, it's catastrophic. Because kids are assholes. Another time, and this was like probably four or five years ago, I was sitting on my carry-on in the airport in like, a, everybody was waiting to board, like gathered around. You know how people like gather around waiting for them to start calling rows yeah, and stuff? Yeah. So I was sitting on my carry-on and it rolled out from under me and I fell flat on my back in front of all those people. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's that like pretty embarrassing too. And I just got up and like pretended like it didn't happen. And nobody said it. Nobody said I mean, anything. What do you to do? It It'd was be like, the worst. It was like dead silent after it happened. <laughs> if, if I saw a woman fall, I I would be like, I would just be like really quiet about it. But I'd be like, are you right? Just to like look like someone's commiserating with her so she doesn't feel like exposed and alone. No one said anything. Yeah. I just walk over and be like, it happens oh. to me all the time. Even if it doesn't, you know, actually, like I would just say that just to be Jill nice. To tell us one story. We were actually at the very first of Polycon dancing and on the dance floor and nobody, so nobody was dancing yet. It was like a completely bare dance floor and like some song comes on that we love. So we get out there and she, Jill's famous for wearing really great shoes. So she had on Louboutins. So she goes out there and she slips and her shoe goes flying like 50 yards across the room and she's falls on her ass no and i'm so drunk and i go get up get up everybody falls all the time just get up get up it's fine everybody falls (laughs) everybody falls and i'm making it worse you know because i'm just like trying to make her feel better at like a hundred volume you know everybody falls all the time she loves to tell that story of just drunk me trying to help her up and be like get up (laughs) that'll be deal nobody cares Mel, I'm surprised you don't have more accidents like that. Like you're you're just a little bit clumsy Me? sometimes. That's what so. I'm saying. I don't I fall all the time. Yeah, Mel's like, I fell down the stairs this morning. I fall That's up huge stairs, bruise on my ass. Like <laughs> nobody even like takes notice to it. They're just like, I fell down the stairs a few days ago and Rob's just like <laughs> <laughs> Like you're like a you're like a weeble wobble. He just sets you back up and just keeps it going. <laughs> You don't read your, you don't look at your phone going down the stairs, do you? I don't, don't Do not look at your phone going down the stairs. Oh. I think it slid across Oops. the floor. Yeah. <laughs> do you know my friend... My friend Pierce, she had that happen to her. She, I, did we talk about this? I don't can't remember. We've talked a lot in the past year and a half. She was she got a scholarship to play tennis, 
because her dad was like, you need to play a sport, like play some obscure sport that there's not a lot of competition so you can get a scholarship. And so she played tennis. And so like this, this college here like recruited her because you have to have so many people on the team in order to keep it going. So, and she was like, I wasn't even that good. They just needed the people. So I got a full ride. So she's there and it's like her first like month in for her semester or whatever in college she's texting and walking down the set of stairs and breaks her fucking ankle and so they keep her on because they still need the same they still need the people to keep the team going so they keep her on but she had to tell them she did it running (laughs) so that they would let her stay and play because she's like I couldn't tell them I did it texting or I'd get kicked off the team did you did you see Britney Spears break her foot on Instagram yesterday she posted a picture of herself dancing and breaking her foot. Don't watch it. Do Britney Spears. Spears. Do not watch it. It because the sound well, it makes. Oh, I'm watching it. Oh, I'm watching. You're speaking it. of Britney Spears, you know what happened to me last week? I'm sitting there and I was like, Peyton, my son is dancing around his belly show, and I was like, you look like Britney Spears, and he's like, Britney Spears. You're <gasps> at that point in history. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes, I was like. Is it that time? You know who's making me sad this week? Amanda Bynes. Oh, what me the... too. Remember no, Amanda Bynes? She had the the Amanda show, I right? Yeah. All that. All the that, show. yeah. And she was so mm-hmm. funny and so talented and quirky and sweet. And and then yeah, she's got... She's had a she's mental had a, break. She seems like she's just having a really hard time. I, I think she went through some drug use and, and it's hard. And she's... And she was making the news last week because she introduced her fiance on Instagram, you know, but she's got like a couple of face tattoos now. And I'm going, oh, oh man, no. I know she, her parents are like have her under conservatorship and stuff. And I don't know what the story is, but they keep trying no judgment to on the face, face tattoos, but it's just those, that's usually not a good, good place. That's not a choice you make when you're in a good place mentally. It's sometimes I think for Maybe that situation. Uh, she might. Know. She might have gotten them while in a bad place, so it could seem like maybe it wasn't a good. It sounds it like good, the decision she made. Her. Well, so she's just seen. I still picture I her as like a little baby. You know, maybe that's why I'm like, there has to be something wrong. Anyways, but yeah, I hope, she's, ha- I hope she's happy Aww. with her fiance, and maybe it maybe it'll all work out. So <laughs> for the best, sure. So Mel, um, I would like to visit the 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 new introduced segment on Mel's reality. So, has there been any new reality shows that you've watched this week since we've last talked? New? No, I'm just watching what's everything is. You're not watching Dating in the Dark like everybody or whatever it's called or Love in the Dark, Love in the, what is it? Blind Love. Love is Blind. Love is Blind. No. So, I started watching it and I was texting Mel because I don't normally watch reality shows. That's just, I mean, I have a a couple of times in the past. I I don't know if I'd consider like Survivor a reality show back then as it is now, but whatever. So I started watching Love Love is Blind. Yes, Love is Blind. And so I was texting Mel. I said, there's one couple that gets introduced. And the finale's today. Like, the last episode comes out today. So you find out if it works out. But the basis of the show is that... Uh, so there's a bunch of people, they have like 40 people that go in these pods and you can't see the person on the other side. So, and you talk and you go on these quote unquote dates. And when you connect with someone, you continue to date that person and you talk for hours. And, but the thing is, is that they only have like five, after five days, one of them proposes 
And then the experiment ends in 10 days. And so you have to either be engaged at 10 days and you agree to go. So that's how, but I know you're, and isn't this insane? Who agrees so to this? after who 10 ag- days. Anybody who would agree to this is, is listen, crazy. No, listen. So 10 days, you get engaged, you go to Cancun, they're going to like Cabo or in Mexico, they're going to Cabo and you're there for a week. And then three weeks after that, you get married. So that's the time frame. But let me tell you one thing I found that was fascinating that the reason why I kept watching is most of these people are in their early to mid 30s. These are not like 21 year olds who have just decided on a whim. I want to get laid like I want to be famous. These people go into this legitimately because they want to get married. They were like, I've come to the point in my career and in my life, I am ready to settle down and I have picked bad men or women my entire life. Like I keep going after the same person and it's not worked. And there's a couple on here and it's a guy and a girl and the guy's white and the girl is black. She's never dated a white man before. Like she is She's said that she has always been brought up to maintain, like, the black family, to, like, nurture that, like, relationship and that sort of thing. Like, that's really important to her that she marries a black man. And she said, the fact that I fell in love with Cameron and he's white, she was like, I did not see this coming. And so she was like, this really shows me that it's based on a person and not, like, in their, and who they are, not what they look like. So after five days, he proposes to her and they're my favorite couple ever. And so there's a scene where they actually see each other for the first time and they're on opposite ends and the glass lifts and they see each other first time and she just goes running to him and he picks her up and he says, I'll oh my God. And it was, I know I'm text Mel. I was like, this is romance hero oh, shit God. right here. And she said, She's like, I've never met a man that was so in love with caring for me, like that just wants to take care of me. Like he, he's a scientist. He like obviously has a really good life. Like he just bought a brand new house that's three bedrooms. And he said, you know, at first I thought one room could be her studio because he said, because I didn't want to tell her I want it to be a nursery. He's like, I didn't want to scare her. And then so she goes and sees the house and she's like, well, She's like, well, this could be a baby's room. And he was like, that's what I want. He was like, I want her to have my baby. He was like, I'm, <laughs> Mel's having he an said, I mean, I want her to have our baby. Our baby. I was like, hold on. <laughs> I know. He said, well, I mean, I want her to, I know. I know. He's like, well, I want her to have, I mean, our babies. But the first thing he said was, I want her to have my babies. <laughs> and I was like, I love this guy. And he's dated black women before. And so this isn't an interracial relationship. Isn't something new for him, but it's new for her. And her dad is like, she's, I mean, she's 34 years old and she's never introduced a guy to her dad before. So they, he introduces Cameron to his dad and the dad's like, I'm just going to ask you, have you ever been in a room full of black people? Like, you know, he's like, how are you going to handle this? And he was like, uh, yeah, I've dated black women before. It's cool. Like, it's all right. You know, like, and the dad was like, oh, okay. Like, you could tell, like, he's like, I'm going to, he said, I don't know you, but I'm going to give you a chance to prove yourself. You know, that's my baby girl. Like, you know, this kind of thing. So, and tonight, so, so they're past the three-week march. They live together. They come back home and they live together for three weeks and their wedding is at the end of that three weeks. And they go to the wedding and they decide, are they going to get married and be together? Like, is this legit? So that's what today's episode is going to be, is if they're going to get married and if it's going to okay, stick. Here's my question. Kind of have, thing, so. has they, have, have they exploited anybody 
that is not good looking? Like, have they made that a shock point? Like, classically good looking. Like, have they been like, put two people together, one person is obviously like a good looking person, the other Uh person's not, and then they're like, oh, guess what? Like, uh, have they done that? Yeah. Well, no, I thought the people people are choosing themselves because they're in the pods, aren't they? Yeah, they, they make their through. own decisions. Yeah. So there's yeah. only like a certain yeah. amount of people. Well, there was a that was the one of the things I read about was that because I was trying to find spoilers and I can't. So um, one of the things I read about was that they said that so many people matched up and they didn't expect it. They said that they had to tell people one of the guys that was he matched up with another woman. That producers were just like, okay, yeah, you guys I'm not can surprised go home now. these people matched like, up. We don't. We have too many people. The criteria is: Are you this desperate? Yes. <laughs> And that, I don't know. It's like, well, I, I mean, you have to be crazy to go on and go, I'm going to go ahead and commit my life to someone I haven't met yet because you, yeah. you have no choice. Like if you sign up for this show, but I don't know, I can see this going so many different ways because I think I started with that mentality about this is crazy. There's no way this is real. But then I feel like you get to know, like I met my husband online. Like, I didn't see him before I really liked him. I, I mean, obviously, like, I didn't commit to marry him. But I don't think it's crazy either. Me and my husband went on one date, and then we never slept apart. We practically yeah. moved in with each other after yeah, one no, date. I know, but you yeah. you have the option of walking away from these people. These people do, but I walk think away. it's the idea of, like... But I also met my husband when I was 20. It seems like the object of the show is you you either break up on the show or you get, you decide to get married. Like those are the two options. There's no like, we're just going to keep dating. But you don't, but there was a lot of people who were just like, no, I didn't find anybody. Didn't, I didn't match up. Didn't work out. You know, there, so there's one guy who goes on like, who's super short. He's like, that's what I mean. There had to have been something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so they don't like I don't know if he matched up with anybody like because I don't I don't know if his story was just one of the too many people they couldn't pick. I will say one couple, I mean, I'm just going to talk about this show if you haven't watched it. It's whatever, just go back and watch it. And this is going to spoil some though. But there's this one guy who he says he's gender fluid that he in the past he's been with men and women. And he said, I want to get married and have a family. And he said, so, you know, I need to marry a woman. And he said, and it's not like, he said, you know, it's not that I have to marry a woman. He said, but that's what I see myself with long term. And he said, but I'm going to fall in love with the person. He said, because that's how I've always done. He said, you know, when I'm attracted to a person and I fall in love with them, it's by the person. So he falls and falls for this girl, proposes to her. They go to Cabo and then he tells her. By the way, like, in the past, I've been with men before, but, like, I have fallen in love with you. Like, I want a life, I want to see what my life is like with you. And she's like, I'm just going to need some time to, like, process this. That's a lot. Like, how do I know I'm going to be enough for long term and that kind of thing? And they end up in this huge fight. Like, she throws her drink in his face. And I was like, okay, this is, like, a really intense reaction. But you could, he even says, he was like, I got embarrassed and I got defensive and I lashed out and I said things I shouldn't have said. And he was like, and I got to live with that. And it was like, that's how his section of the show ended. And I was just like, oh, shit, that was that was hardcore. And so like and then there's one guy that I told Mel I found really annoying because he's southern. And I said, and I don't know if I find him annoying because he's southern or if he's really annoying because I'm not generally attracted to southern men because I find them annoying. So and so that's one of the guys on the show and he's kind of in like a love triangle cuz he matches with two women 
And so one of the women he ends up turning down, she takes her second choice, who is a guy who is 10 years younger than her. She's 34 or 35, and he's like 24 or 25. He's one of the youngest contestants. And so she ends up matching with him. And so that's like her big bone of a contention the whole time is that he's 10 years younger than her. And I'm just like, that really, that's your biggest problem here? Did you know that's like really kind of the trend here in New York City? That's what she said. She was like, she said, it's kind of it a is, hot trend it's like, right I was talking to, oh, I don't know if I should say. Well, my editor is probably, she's, I would say she's in her late 20s, early 30s. And her and all of her, like, all of her friends are dating, like, men in their early 20s. And she's like, because I, I wrote a book recently where there was an age difference between, like, the hero was younger. And she's like, I don't know. She's like, I yeah. totally get that that is an issue in this book, but it's not that ish big of an issue in reality. So like maybe tone it down a little bit in the next round of edits. And I was like, oh, and she's like, yeah, all my friends are dating guys in their early 20s and it's just not a thing. It's not an issue anymore. And it's actually kind of like guys that need, <laughs> I don't know if it's guys that like need someone to like take care of them a little bit. And women yeah. who are like yeah. men my age are... I don't know, either settling down and I don't want to settle down yet or they've already, they're settled, already settled down, down before with kids and now they're kind and, of yeah. like, they've got baggage mm-hmm. and these guys have no baggage and they just yeah. want to go out and have fun. And anyways, I don't want to judge anybody on this show. I should probably go into it with more of an open mind, but I, I just like, I, I think it's crazy to go yeah. and agree to, to do these things and, and expect to find something lasting. I wonder too I if know. it's, yeah, well, and I wonder too if like the age difference isn't not necessarily like a trend now, or we're just seeing more of it because we're I just this like age. that it's becoming more acceptable you know? for older women to date younger men. Where when it's been like, yeah, you know, it's been acceptable forever for men to date. It's a, it's almost what is it like expected? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I have a, uh, I have my neighbor Simon. I went to high school with, and um, he dated my friend's mom. Oh, shit. And like, yeah, yeah, she was a lot older. She was a lot, a lot older than him. But they dated for like, I mean, years, years and years. And he was in love with her and it didn't work out. But I remember like him saying like she was the love of my life at one point, you know. Did you see like, the new Taylor Swift video that she know. released this morning? No. No. So it's called The Man. And you don't I mean I feel like by the time this comes out everybody will have seen it that wants to see it but you don't know until the end of the it's a it's a it's a man and he's going through life and he's the he's like he's being an asshole but everybody's worshiping him anyway he's throwing tantrums but he takes his kid out to a park and it's like best dad best dad in the world best best father of the year and all this doing the absolute minimum as a human being and being praised for it and you don't realize until the end that it's actually her in uh prosthetics and a suit it's like prosthetic hair oh wow yeah and and it's Mm -hmm. just um it like really just kind of spoke to me a little bit about Mm -hmm. uh, you know like basically women have to do the their utmost and they have to be you know, attend at everything and be perfect at everything. Mm-hmm. And a man can kind of come in to be like, mediocre. <laughs> oh, there's a part where he comes up to her and he's mm-hmm. like, how was that last? Or he, it's her talking to herself, but he comes up and he's like, how was that last take? Did you like it? And she goes, yes, I liked it. But this time try to be more sexy and likable. Thanks. And it's like, how many times has she heard that? Yeah. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Taylor Swift and kind of like rolling my eyes. 
But like, you know, you think mm-hmm. about that. She, how many times a day does she hear, be more sexy and likable, be more likable, be, make people mm-hmm. like you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio, meanwhile, and she actually calls him out in the song, dating toddlers and just like on a fucking yacht with like <laughs> 15, 20 year old oh supermodels. And he's in his Listen, 50s. Speaking of that, with Leonardo DiCaprio, they were saying the girl he brought to the Oscars wore a dress that was very similar to Giselle's dress that he used to date. So you're, it was like 15 years ago, he brought Giselle to the Oscars. And she wore a white dress that was very similar to, and he's never taken a date since to the Oscars until this past one with his girlfriend, who they said is five years younger than Giselle was at the age he took her 15 years ago. So, like, they were like, do that math real quick. She's five years younger than 15 years ago, Giselle, that he's dating right now and bringing to the Oscars. I was like... Holy fuck. She's like in her, like, what is she, like 20? Speaking you know? of Leonardo DiCaprio, did you guys see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yes. Okay. I loved that movie, but I can't, I'm not a fan, obviously. <laughs> I'm not a big Leo fan. Although I did call myself Mrs. Jack Dawson for like three years when I was younger. <laughs> I used to doodle it on my notebook. In, I think it was um, but now not so big of a fan um, he I, I cannot believe Brad Pitt got nominated for, a, for an Oscar for that movie and he didn't did you see it like he was Leonardo DiCaprio was unbelievable yes. in that movie and Brad Brad Pitt just played really? Brad Pitt. I mean I thought like, I cannot believe it. Yes. I think that was sort of the argument with it was that, you know, Brad Pitt literally just showed up to the set and they're like, just, just do what Brad you normally Pitt. do. Yeah. Like on a regular day. Like, Take give me a Tuesday, Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. Mm-hmm. I just, I love yeah. that movie. I don't know. As a true crime person, obviously the Manson family, it's like a longstanding fascination, but the way they intertwined the story of the yeah. Manson family with these guys, these like. Mm-hmm. This actor and his stuntman. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And I liked it. Yeah. Um, it yeah. was a good movie. I enjoyed it. All right. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about Lucy Darling? We are. Let's do welcome it. To welcome Romance. to Read Me Romance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like how we're like, what are we going to talk about today? And then we ramble on about everything but what we're going to talk about. <laughs> exactly. We have a list we haven't we covered. We started off nothing. with hair and we ended up with Leo DiCaprio. I mean, it, it's, it it's is what shit. it is, guys. Um, okay, so Lucy Darling is here. I feel like this is definitely um, people who are fans of like Alexa Riley. This is this is a good a good author to get into. We're gonna play "Belong to Me." Uh, that's their podcast book that we're gonna play for you this week. I'm gonna read the blurb for it because I want you guys to stick around because it's gonna be really good. Some things never change. I think as I listen to my sister's crazy idea, there's no way this will work. We may have been able to pull off the old switcheroo when we were younger, but I doubt it will work now. Even though we're identical twins, we are far from the same. I work from home and keep to myself while she works a corporate job and deals with an overbearing boss. Yet I know without a doubt that I'm going to agree to her crazy plan. Pretend to be her for a week was the favor she'd asked for. It would be easy, she said. Her boss would never notice, she insisted. I beg to differ. It's only day one and all he seems to notice is me. He doesn't want me as his assistant. He wants me in his bed permanently. He says I belong to him, but is it me or my sister that he's claiming? Ooh. Ooh. A little bit of angst, but probably not a ton, and it's going to be really sexy. So um, you definitely want to stick around for this. 
and when we come back, we'll tell you what Lucy Darling has available on Amazon and stuff. So stick around. Bye. Bye. This is Belong to Me by Lucy Darling. Read for you by Mackenzie Cartwright and Lance Greenfield. Chapter 1 Madison How do I always let you talk me into these things? I groan, falling back onto my bed. This will never work. It has disaster written all over it. It will, too. You're so dramatic. We've done it before, and it's always worked. This time is no different. I roll over to my side to watch my sister go through my closet. You have nothing in here that's suitable for work. Because I work from home, this is my work attire. She looks over her shoulder at me. I'm in yoga pants and a sweater that's three times too big for me. As always, I have on thick, fluffy socks. I watch as her eyes roam over me. A look of disapproval comes over her face. I work from home, I repeat, feeling the need to defend myself. I'll get some of my clothes from my place for you. She shuts my closet door. Your clothes aren't going to fit me. My twin sister, Mac, rolls her eyes at me. I'm chubbier than you. I sit up, grabbing my glasses off my nightstand and putting them on. What, like 10 pounds? She laughs at me like I'm being ridiculous. You saw your boss today. You don't think he's going to notice when you come into work tomorrow 10 pounds heavier? I haven't seen my asshole boss in three weeks. She holds up three fingers. Her nails are painted perfectly. I look down at mine that are all chipped. Mac and I might be identical twins, but we are night and day. She is always put together and polished. She has a drive for work that I've never seen another person have before, and she can give as good as she gets with that mouth of hers. I am the complete opposite of that in every way. I'm more of the quiet, shy type. I try not to make waves and keep to myself as much as possible. There is only one person that I know of that can get away with being a dick to Mac, and that is her boss. The man barely notices me. He barks orders. All you have to do is bark back and bare your teeth a little, and he'll never know the difference. She says this as if it's going to be easy for me. I've never barked back at anyone, nor have I ever been known to bare my teeth. I'm more of the roll over and have you pet my belly type. I don't bark. I'm not sure I've ever shouted at someone before. If you can bark orders at him, then why can't you straight up tell him that you're taking a vacation? He has control issues. If I don't give advance notice, he won't let me, and I can't be here next week. I notice you're dancing around not telling me why you are taking this last-minute trip. I throw my legs over the side of the bed. You never do anything spur of the moment. Maybe that's why you and your stick-up-the-butt boss get along so well. We don't get along, and it's stick-up-the-ass. Same thing, I stand up, going over to the mirror to look at myself. You really think we can play the old switcheroo? I know we look alike but we did that when we were children. Teachers didn't have a ton of focus on one student when they have 25 others to tend to. So from time to time, Mac and I would switch. It was terrible for us to do it, but Mac was killer at math, and I could ace history with my eyes closed. It was easier to swap when we had a test. Wrong, sure, 
but it's not like I was missing out on that math I never learned. Wear makeup. I always wear makeup to work. She comes up behind me, putting her face next to mine. It will be fine. I have everything done that needs to be done this week. I've got it all organized for you, and I'll keep up on my emails. You just have to sit there and look pretty. Nod when Mr. Waldron says something. Give him a hard time if he's being a prick and tell him to get his own damn coffee. Her voice sounds almost angry at that last part. See? Easy peasy. You're lucky I love you, I give. She knows I'm going to do this. Mac and I have been thick as thieves since we came into this world together. There isn't a thing that I wouldn't do for her. We're sisters by blood, but best friends by choice. A giant smile stretches across Mac's face. I still want to know why she's trying to get out of work this week. It's weird for her not to tell me something. We never keep secrets. I'm not going to push, though. If she needs her space with something, I am going to give it to her. We grew up with super overbearing parents. They controlled any and all parts of our lives until Mac and I decided to up and leave. We've been on our own ever since. I am lucky to have such a wonderful sister, she agrees, kissing me on the cheek. I'll get a bunch of stuff packed up and send it over. Wait, maybe you should just stay at my place. No way. I shake my head no. Her place is all white and shiny clean. Fine. It's not like my boss comes over or knows where I live. She pulls out her cell phone, handing it to me. I can't take your phone. What if I need to call you? I'm sure I'll have a million questions. I have no idea how to be a personal assistant, especially not one with an attitude as big as my sister's. That's my work phone. She pulls out a second phone. I still have my personal phone. I didn't know she had two phones. Not that I pay attention. I hate phones. The only person that ever texts or calls me is Mac. I can't find my phone half of the time. She usually ends up emailing me to tell me to answer my phone. You look like a drug dealer. You've never seen a drug dealer. I watch TV, she snorts. You have to answer this when he calls, got it? I can answer a phone. Can you? She raises her perfect eyebrows at me. Go get me clothes. I toss the phone onto my bed. This is going to be a disaster. It's only a week, I tell myself. I can do anything for a week. Chapter Two Cult I rub my hand down my face. This headache is never going to let up. Time changes always fuck with me no matter how well I try to prepare for them. Three weeks in Hong Kong was three weeks too long. At least the deal is done. I know the investment is a sound one that's going to make me an even wealthier man than I already am. To be honest, I'm expecting it to make me a killing. I should be more excited about it, but all I feel is annoyed and tired. I used to get a thrill out of closing a big deal, but recently I don't feel anything. It leaves me wondering, what has changed? The elevator dings, letting me know that I've arrived on my floor. I'm glad to be back home. Well, not home, but my office. 
I might as well consider it an extension of my home, since when I'm not traveling for business, I'm usually holed up here working. I need sleep, but that will have to wait. I know if I go home that I'll crash. That is the last thing I need if I want to get my schedule back on track. Plus, I have a meeting with Victor today. We've been talking about teaming up on a new project together. The man is ruthless and good at real estate. He has already scouted out a location for us to build the luxury condos we talked about. He came to me with the idea over a year ago. I'd forgotten about the plan until he stopped by a month ago, telling me that he'd finally found the perfect land to construct them on. I told him it would have to wait until I got back from my trip. Since he's so impatient, I booked the meeting for today so he'd leave me the heck alone. I should be excited for this project, but once again, I feel nothing. I've never done anything in real estate before. Building condos will be a whole new ballgame for me. New things generally hold my attention, but still, all I feel is annoyed. It must be the lack of sleep that's messing with me. I make my way down the long hall focusing my attention on the watch I'm wearing. I keep my head down, not wanting anyone to try and snag my attention. Based on what my watch says, it seems that I have a little bit of time until Victor gets here. I could sneak in a power nap, which would probably brighten my mood a bit. Or I could just call it all off. Why do I need to build condos? Sure, I'd make a nice chunk of change, but that doesn't matter anymore. How much wealth does one man need? But if I don't do this project or continue to work, I'll likely die of boredom. I don't have anything else in my life, nothing or no one to go home to. So, building condos it is. Coffee, I tell my assistant as I walk past her desk. On it. I stop, turning to look at her. You're getting me coffee? I tell her to get me coffee every morning that I'm here. She replies the same way every time by telling me to get it myself. That she gets paid too much to fetch coffee. It's true. She is well paid. But she also puts up with me. Often enough, you can find the two of us in a shouting match. I'm pretty sure I fired her a dozen times. Each time she laughs in my face, most of the time she's the one that suggests that I fire her. But we both know that I wouldn't make it through a day without her. You take it black, right? I take in my assistant. There's something different about her today. I can't quite put my finger on it. It's not the thick framed glasses that sit on the end of her nose. They're the same as they always are. She fidgets as I continue to look at her. Normally, she is dressed in a suit that is ironed and pressed within an inch of its life. Everything that Miss Davenport does is done perfectly. She wouldn't have it any other way. Yet today, it looks as though she rolled out of her bed only moments ago. Her normally straight hair 
is wavy, her cheeks are a little fuller, and her clothes fit a bit snugger. Even her eyes look different to me. Shit, I really must be exhausted. I'm beginning to imagine things now. Of course you take it, Black. I'm your assistant, I know these things. She lets out an adorable giggle before bouncing by me. What the fuck is my first thought? The break room is that way. I point toward the left. Concern begins to fill me. She must be sick or something else must be wrong with her. Right, she smiles at me. I'm just totally messing with you, seeing if you're on your A-game today. She scurries past me. My eyes go directly to her ass. The tight skirt leaves nothing to the imagination. Fuck. I jerk my gaze back toward my office door. What the fuck is wrong with me? Now I'm checking out Miss Davenport's ass? I walk into my office, slamming my door behind me as I reach down and adjust my cock that had gone instantly hard at the sound of her voice. Something isn't right. I walk over to my desk, dropping down into my chair. My office door flies open a second later. Ms. Davenport comes strolling in with a cup of coffee in her hand. My eyes stray to her wide hips that sway with each step she takes. Ouch! She screams. I jump up from my chair, my eyes leaving her hips to see she splashed coffee from the cup onto her hand. I rush over to her, taking the coffee. Are you okay? I sit the cup down on the bookshelf. I gently grab her hand to inspect it. It's only a little pink where the few drops of coffee got her skin. I suddenly have the urge to kiss it and make it better. A minute passes before she clears her throat, but I still can't seem to let go of her. It's the softest thing I've ever felt in my life. Thoughts of how it would feel stroking my cock run through my mind. I'm okay. She breaks me from my filthy thoughts as she tries to pull her hand from mine, but I keep a firm hold on it. Her eyes lock with mine. Is there anything else I can get you? Her words come out a little breathy as she gives me another one of those giant smiles. I'm not buying it. Something isn't right. It has to be from my lack of sleep. I'm losing it. I pull her into me. Her soft body molds into mine. Her plump lips form a perfect O shape. Yes, I think I will have something else, I say as my mouth drops to hers. Chapter 3 Madison I gasp as his mouth takes mine. My sister never told me that she kisses her boss. She also never told me how sexy he was. She had described him as the exact opposite, implying that he was a stuck-up jerk who was a workaholic and had no social skills. I tell myself to pull back, but instead I find myself parting my lips, 
allowing his tongue to slip into my mouth. A small moan comes from me. His hands dig into my hair as he angles my head back so he can deepen the kiss even more. My mind blanks as I dig my fingers into his fancy suit. My body melts into his. His tongue softly strokes in and out of my mouth, causing me to lose all of my good sense. It's not until his hand drops to my ass, grabbing me and pulling my body flush against his, that I snap out of the trance his kiss put me under. I sadly pull my mouth from his in an attempt to stop this madness. Even though I want to continue kissing him, I know that I can't. Holy crap. I kissed my sister's boss who thinks I'm her. And I liked it. Shit, this is really bad. My mind is racing in a million directions. I don't know what to do, so I do the first thing that comes to mind. I turn, hightailing it the hell out of there as quickly as I possibly can in this skin-tight skirt. I can feel him watching me, but I don't turn around to confirm it. I head for my desk, but then take a detour to the bathroom, knowing that I need to get myself together. I push open the door and head over to the sink. I close my eyes and brace myself on the sink. I need to get it together. Does my sister have a thing for her boss? Is that why she was taking this last minute trip? Now I've gone and kissed him. Well, technically he kissed me, thinking I was her. I open my eyes to stare at myself in the mirror. The small amount of lipstick I'd put on this morning in an attempt to keep up appearances is now gone. My cheeks are stained with a blush. My hair is a wild mess from his hands. I reach up, touching my lips, which look a bit swollen. I can still taste and feel him on them. What am I going to do? Guilt rides me hard. What if they have a thing and now I've gone and kissed her man? My sister and I made a pact when Jimmy from the third grade tried to be both of our boyfriends that we would never let any boy or man come between us. I try and flatten my hair out some so that it doesn't look a hot mess before getting myself together. I have to text my sister. I'm going to give her an earful about this. Taking a deep breath, I open the bathroom door, poking my head out to look both ways. A woman walks by, giving me a funny look. Hi. I smile at her. She only looks more confused as she continues walking. I'm starting to wonder if anyone likes my sister around here. Since I stepped foot inside this place, the people here seem to be avoiding me at all costs. No one has gone out of their way even to say hello. Every time they see me, they act busy. You'd think I was the boss or something. Steadying myself on my heels, I walk slowly back to my desk, thankful that Mr. Waldron's door is still closed. Mac told me he was a workaholic. She instructed me to place everything she'd given me on his desk, and then he shouldn't need much else from me for the rest of the day. There was an early morning meeting on the schedule that would take up most of his time for the day. She said this would be easy. I'd be curious to see if this fit into her definition of easy. Glancing at the time, I can tell there is a good 20 minutes until that meeting is to begin. It's more than enough time to text my sister to see what she's up to and bombard her with questions as to why her boss is kissing me. I keep my phone under my desk, not sure if I'm allowed to have it out or not. Me, you and your boss have a thing?
Mac, if you mean shouting at each other most days, then yes, we have a thing. I read over her text three times, still not sure if something is going on between them or not. Wouldn't she have told me if they did? She always says Waldron is a jerk who works too much. She also works too much. Now that I think about it, they might be a lot alike. No wonder they don't get along. Me, do you kiss him sometimes? I finally outright ask her. I'm not going to beat around the bush for the next 20 minutes. What if he comes out here again and wants another kiss? That has to be against HR rules or something. You kissed him back, my mind whispers. Right, I did. I would probably do it again if given the opportunity. What the hell? I push that thought out of my mind. I need to keep my distance from him. I can do this for a week. I can do this for my sister. Mac, gag. I'm trying to eat my breakfast here. And for some reason, you're hell-bent on trying to make me lose my appetite. The thought of that self-absorbed asshole's lips anywhere near me makes me want to vomit. Me, your breakfast better be on some beautiful beach somewhere. I shove my phone into my bag, getting back to work. When I look at my computer, I realize I don't have any work that I know how to do. This is going to be a long day. It doesn't help that I can't stop thinking about Mr. Waldron's lips. The sound of someone clearing their throat has me looking up. A tall man in a suit stands over my desk. My first thought is that he's handsome, with his dark hair and even darker eyes. Tattoos peek out from under his suit. He's covered, but you still get a small glimpse of them around the cuffs of his sleeves and up by his neck, where he has a few buttons undone, revealing part of his chest. Hi. I try another smile on this guy. I don't think he's going to run off like the woman did. Where is she? He asks. Who? I look around, not sure who he's talking about, but I also don't know anyone's names here. Mac and I clearly did not plan this out very well. Mackenzie. I'm Ms. Davenport. I sit up a little straighter. It's not a total lie. I am Ms. Davenport. Yes, you're Madison Davenport, but I'm looking for your sister. I could try to lie to this man, but he doesn't look as though he's the type that's going to let me get away with it. Oh, I bite my lip. How am I already busted? It's been five minutes. This whole situation has turned into a nightmare. I've already kissed my sister's boss, and now this man is about to blow my cover. I'm Victor Wolf. He holds his hand out for me to take. He is the businessman that Mr. Waldron has a meeting with this morning. I grab his hand, shaking it, but he doesn't let me go. Tell me where your sister is hiding, and I won't tell Colt what you two are up to. How do you know we're up to something? He lets my hand go. And how do you know I'm not her? We look the same. He throws his head back and lets out a deep laugh. I purse my lips. Damn it. You look nothing alike. Now tell me where your sister is and I won't blow your cover. I reach for my phone, pulling it out. I don't know where she went, I admit. I look at the last text my sister sent me. She is indeed on a beach. I turn the phone to show Mr. Wolf. Someone had taken a picture of her while she was eating pancakes on the beach in a cabana. 
My phone dings again. Mr. Wolf's whole demeanor changes. Anger shows on his face. I turn the phone around to see what my sister sent. Mac, hot cabana boy. She's captioned the picture she sent, a shirtless man bringing her a drink. He's okay, not really my type. I'm not really into the whole more abs than I could count type. When I look back up, Mr. Wolf is gone. At least he isn't going to blow my cover. I'm sure I'll have no problem doing that all on my own. Chapter 4 Cult I sit behind my desk, trying to concentrate on the reports that Ms. Davenport left on it earlier. I stare hopelessly at the words on the paper that seem to all run together. My mind continues to drift to how she had tasted of cherries and vanilla when I'd taken her mouth. How she had wanted me as much as I had her. Fuck. I reach down to adjust my still hard cock. Her soft little moans play over in my mind. I close the folder and push back from my desk, knowing that I'm not going to get anything accomplished. I rub my hands down my face, trying to clear my mind. I can't believe that I kissed her. In all the time that she has worked for me, I've never felt anything toward her. It may be because she's usually a fire-breathing dragon that doesn't do most of the things I ask of her. But today, she was different with me. Something has changed. I keep on racking my brain to try to figure it out. She had smiled at me and actually been polite. That had to be it. I'm not used to her being friendly, and it's totally throwing me off. My thoughts are interrupted when my phone vibrates across my desk. I reach out, picking it up and seeing a message from Victor Wolf on my screen. One that says he's had an emergency and has to reschedule our meeting. I toss my phone back down on my desk, not giving a shit. I should go home and sleep. Clearly, something is wrong with me. Instead, I find myself reaching for the intercom button. In my office, Miss Davenport, I release the button. How do I work this stupid thing? Her voice fades in and out of the intercom. 10-4. She gets out. A second later, her head is popping into my office. Her blonde, wavy hair is now on top of her head. Her glasses are still perched on her nose. You need something? Her angelic voice asks. It goes straight to my dick. Shit. I thought maybe I wouldn't feel anything this time. That maybe it had been a one-time, spur-of-the-moment sort of thing. That we'd both maybe got caught up in it. But with only a few words out of her perfect mouth, I know that's not the case. Can you come in here? I motion to her with my finger. Not only does she look somewhat different, but her behavior is night and day. Something is up, 
and I plan on getting to the bottom of it. She steps a bit more into my office. I think she is trying to keep space between us. I was thinking about an early lunch. I know this one, she turns, darting from my office, only to come back a few seconds later. She almost trips over her heels. I jump to my feet, but she writes herself. It's Thursday. You eat plain chicken and wild rice from Charlie's Steakhouse. Her face scrunches in the most adorable way. She's clearly not a fan of my choice of lunch spots. For as long as she's been here, she shouldn't have to check a notepad to know what I want. I get the same thing every week. I tend to stick to a very tight schedule when I am home. It gives me less stress to know that everything is in order and what to expect with each day. I think I might try something different today. What the hell? Why did I say that? Maybe it's because I have a sudden urge to make her happy. Like Italian? She suggests. I can see the hopeful look on her face. That look alone has me craving something else, and it's not Italian takeout. It's her on my desk spread wide as I eat her pussy. Yes, that sounds like the perfect lunch to me. Giovanni's? I suggest instead. They aren't open for lunch. Do they even deliver? She licks those plump lips again. It takes every ounce of control I have not to get up from my chair and taste them again. What do you want? I can get it. She bites on her bottom lip as she thinks it over. Did I just offer to get her lunch? I'm seriously losing my mind. Maybe she's drugged me or something. I've only seen the menu online. I've never eaten there. It all looks so wonderful. I'm not sure I can choose. Come here, little one. Without question, she walks over toward my desk. I spin my chair, motioning for her to come around my desk. I grip her hips. She lets out a small gasp as I move her, pushing her ass against the edge of my desk. She's now slightly sitting on the desk between my legs. My face is within inches of her cunt. It takes all of my willpower to not lean forward and shove it between her thighs. The need to know if she smells of cherries and vanilla there, too, is riding me hard. My cock begs to be let loose as my mouth waters. I try to get myself under control, but I can't let her go without getting another taste. Give me another kiss and I'll get you everything on their menu. We don't kiss, she blurts out, causing me to look up. Her cheeks tint a rosy red, and I'd bet all my billions that her nipples are the same color. I'm only seconds away from ripping open her blouse to see for myself. I abruptly stand so I don't do that. Not yet, anyway. We'll get there soon enough. We do now. I lower my mouth to hers, 
tasting her soft lips. She lets out a small moan as I slip my tongue into her mouth. She melts against me. Her body is as soft as the rest of her. Reluctantly, I pull back, knowing I need to order our food. That if I don't stop now, I'll have her laid out on my desk naked. I give her full ass a squeeze. I'll order our lunch. I manage to get out those words, even though I could care less about eating anything but her. She gives me a nod before running out of my office once again. I know without a doubt that she isn't Mackenzie Davenport. I pick up my phone, making a call to find out exactly who my new little assistant is. It's obvious she's her twin, but I want to know her name and every other detail there is to know about her. After my call, I'll get her lunch as I promised. I no longer feel tired. I feel somewhat invigorated with the thrill of exploring my new assistant. I think I'll continue to let her play her game. It's fine by me, but there are new rules, and I'm the one making them. Chapter 5 Madison This is a lot of food, I say, as I hold the door open to Mr. Waldron's office. Three delivery people carry in handfuls of bags. I told you I would order everything off the menu. I'm a man of my word. He stands from behind his desk, clearing the way for them to pull out all of the containers of food. My stomach lets out a loud growl. My mouth waters with anticipation. Why did my sister say Mr. Waldron was a jerk? I have no idea what she was talking about. I'd say maybe she doesn't like his kisses, but she swears the man has never kissed her before. I lick my lips, thinking about kissing him again. It's been the only thing I've been able to think of since I left his office. Come and sit. Mr. Waldron sits on the long sofa, patting the seat right next to him. I let the door fall closed behind the delivery people, leaving us alone yet again. Are you going to kiss me again? I shut my mouth. Why did I ask that? I'm going to feed you for now. He pats the seat next to him again. Now come sit with me. I walk over, watching as he pulls off his suit jacket and tosses it away. He rolls up the sleeves of his button-up shirt before pulling his tie loose. He pops the top button, making him look even more handsome. For the first time since he walked into work, he looks relaxed. There is one thing I know for sure. Mr. Waldron is nothing like the man my sister told me about. Slowly I sit down next to him, saying a small prayer that my skirt doesn't rip. I think I miscalculated when I said that I was only 10 pounds heavier than my sister. It's probably all in my hips and ass. I have the fact that I work from home to thank for that. I don't know where to start. I look at all the food. This will take all day to eat. I let out a small laugh. Allow me. He picks up a fork, cutting a piece of ravioli and bringing it to my mouth. I part my lips, letting him feed me. I let out a small moan at the delicious taste that fills my mouth. 
He continues to feed me one bite after another, letting me try each dish. Aren't you going to eat something? I lick my lips, already feeling full. I'm not hungry for Italian. His dark eyes roam over me. My breath hitches, and I know he's insinuating that he's hungry for me. Mr. Waldron, call me Colt. But my notes say that I call you Mr. Waldron. That's what my sister put down. I didn't even know his first name until now. He smirks. Notes? Crap, I'm totally blowing this. Letting him kiss me, feed me, and now letting the name thing slip. My sister is going to kill me. This is all her fault. Never once did she tell me how utterly hot her boss was. One would think this is something you'd mention. The man is irresistible, especially because he's so kind and considerate. Mac has him all wrong. I like to follow rules and need to have things in order, I blurt out, because that is what my sister likes. In fact, this whole fiasco of me pretending to be her is way out of character for her. She must have been desperate to get out of town. I really should have insisted that she give me more details as to why she needed to leave so quickly. Something fishy is going on with her, and I intend to get to the bottom of it. As soon as I figure out how the hell I'm going to manage my growing attraction to her sexy-as-hell boss that's sitting next to me looking as though he's starved for me, I think we're past first names, little one. He brings another bite of food up to my mouth. Then should you call me Mackenzie? My stomach turns at the idea. No. He shakes his head, definitely not. His jaw ticks slightly. I don't think I can eat anymore, Colt. He puts the fork down onto one of the plates. His hand comes up to my face his thumb brushing the corner of my mouth. I watch as he brings it to his mouth, sucking it clean. My heart starts to race in my chest. I don't know what to do. I jump up, almost knocking one of the plates off the table. Colt catches it in time. I better get back to work. I turn to run from the room. He snags me around the waist, pulling me down into his lap. Oh. He shifts so I'm sitting across his lap. I don't think I'm supposed to sit in your lap. Isn't this like an HR no-no? I own the place. I can do whatever I want. They can't fire me. So you just pull random employees into your lap? I can't keep the bite of anger that I know is laced with jealousy out of my tone. I have no reason to be jealous, even though he'd kissed me. People kiss all the time, though, right? They go out on dates and share kisses and so many other things. I know I'm a prude in that area, but these things are normal. They may not be to me, but to other people they are. I tend to keep to my little bubble in my small apartment. It's nice and safe there. No, I don't kiss my employees. But he just kissed me. I'm not technically his employee, though, but he doesn't know that. At least, I don't think he does. Maybe he's on to me. Did you know that I have a twin sister? I ask. I do now. Does he mean now as in right this second? Or as in he's known all along? Well, I need to call her, then get back to work. There are many things to be done around here. Such as? I have a list. 
Okay, I have nothing to do, but he doesn't need to know that. I have a benefit tonight, as you already know, I'm sure. Nope, I did not know that. I told you last week I wouldn't be going, but I think I've changed my mind. I'll be going. You'll be my date. Date? He stands with me in his arms, putting me on my feet. Jeez, he's strong. I have to stop myself from reaching out and squeezing his biceps, because that would be a ridiculous thing for me to do, no matter how much I want to. You should spend your afternoon getting ready. I'll send people to help you. I'll call and let them know we're coming tonight. Don't you think it's rude to just show up at the last minute? You already said you weren't going. You should stick with that. I try my best to deter him from this crazy idea he has of taking me as his date to this function. I'm pretty sure it was you that told me I should go when I turned the invite down. Something about me needing to get out more? I think you also said that I needed to grow a heart, if I'm remembering correctly. He plants one of those sexy smirks on his handsome face. I said that? Damn, my sister, I'm going to murder her. This is a disaster. I knew this wasn't going to work, and now she's who knows where, doing who knows what, and I'm here barely keeping it together. Yes, and since it was your idea, I figured it only fitting that you go with me. Fine, I mumble. I'm going to make a fool of myself. I bet this is some super fancy crap. Colt's finger comes under my chin, making me look up at him. Smile, beautiful. I'll make sure it's a good time. He drops his mouth onto mine, kissing me like he's done it a thousand times before. I get lost in him. He's got some weird special power over me when he kisses me. He could get me to agree to anything right now. Chapter Six Cult The day flies by as I make all the necessary calls in order to get Madison everything that she needs to get ready for the benefit tonight. The phone call I made to my guy earlier had proved to be worth it. He's been able to provide me with a wealth of information on my new little assistant, one Miss Madison Davenport. She lives alone, but in the same building as Mackenzie. In all the time I've worked with Mackenzie, she never once mentioned having a sister, especially not an identical one. When I think back on it, we never actually talk about anything personal, so I'm not surprised that it hadn't come up. I actually know very little about my assistant, except for the fact that she's efficient at her job and she's the only one that has ever lasted. She is very good at what she does. And that's all I cared about. What is baffling to me is that when I look at one of the pictures that my security team sent me of the two of them, although there are strong similarities that they share, they look nothing alike to me. I can tell they are twins, but they don't look identical. I have never once had a lick of attraction to Mackenzie. She blended in with every other woman that I'd met over the years. Nothing about her stood out to me. But the second I laid eyes on Madison, it was as though a fire began raging inside of me. The attraction was instant. 
Madison is different. I could tell you each little freckle that she has on her nose. I could trace them from memory. I could picture the small dimple that pops up in her right cheek when she gives me that shy smile of hers. The way her cheeks pink when she gets a little flustered or aroused. Those are tiny details that I've never taken the time to notice about any other woman. Especially not the fire-breathing dragon that is Madison's twin. I can't wear these. My head jerks up as Madison comes bursting into my office. My eyes run up her bare legs. She's in a robe and nothing more. Her toenails are painted a soft petal pink. Her cheeks are flushed. It better be from blush. I'll die in these. She holds up a pair of heels in her hands. Where are your clothes? I stomp past her, slamming my office door closed. I'm not a fan of anyone seeing her goods besides me. Fuck. I need to get my jealousy under control before I scare her. How am I supposed to walk in these? She continues, dangling the heels and not answering my question. The same way you do almost every day you come to work. I think those are actually a bit shorter than what you usually wear. I lift one of my eyebrows at her. Let's see how she's going to explain this. I may not notice a lot of things about my real assistant, Mackenzie, but I know she wears heels because I'm used to hearing them click around all day, especially when she's on her way into my office to give me lip about something she doesn't agree with. Well, my feet hurt today. She tilts her chin up. I flip the lock on my door. She turns to fully look at me. I clear the space between us, lifting her off her feet. She lets out a small squeal as I carry her over to the sofa and sit her down. You can't run around the office in a robe. I sit down next to her, pulling her feet into my lap. This is what they gave me to wear, so I don't get... She trails off a small moan leaving her mouth as I start to rub her feet. Oh, God, that feels so good. I have no idea what I'm doing. I've never rubbed someone's feet before, but based on the look on her face and the soft sounds of pleasure that are coming from her, I think I'm doing something right. I can get you new shoes, or you can lean on me all night. She leans back on the sofa, her eyes starting to fall closed. Her hair is up now. The curls in it look more defined than they had before. Her fingernails match her toenails. Don't let them cover up your freckles. She doesn't have a drop of makeup on her face yet. Why not? She peeks open one of her warm brown eyes to look at me. I like them. I give her a smile. Besides, you said you'd do anything I asked. Right? She wiggles her toes. Keep rubbing. I do as she asks.
continuing to enjoy the little sounds coming from her. My cock aches with the need to be inside of her while she makes those sounds, but only louder, to have her screaming my name as I make her come over and over again. I let my hands drift up her long, silky smooth legs to massage her calves next. She parts her thighs, silently inviting me to go higher. I do without hesitation. What man in his right mind could resist her? She is a treasure. I reach for the belt of her robe, untying it. Her eyes open wide as the robe parts, revealing her silky white panties and a strapless bra. I don't know how that thing is holding her tits up the way it is, but I'm fucking jealous of the contraption. Cult, I don't think... She stops herself from talking. She bites her bottom lip, showing me that she's nervous, but that she really doesn't want to tell me to stop. What don't you think, little one? I spread her thighs wider, so that one of them drops off the side of the sofa. Is it that you don't want me to make this feel better? I trace my finger over the wet spot on her panties. Does it ache, sweet girl? I lean down, running my nose over her panties, breathing in the innocence that I know belongs to me. She smells even sweeter than I had anticipated. My mouth waters to divulge in that sweetness, to lick every last drop of it from her juicy cunt. Tell me you want to make it better, and I will. I look up to her. She nods her head yes, but I need more than that. Say it, I demand. I want the words. I need to hear her sweet lips utter them. The ache. It hurts. I need you to make it go away. I slip my finger into the side of her panties, roughly pulling them so they're out of my way. I'd rip them from her body, but there is no way I can allow her to run around this office or the benefit tonight without panties. It would drive me crazy with both need and jealousy. It's already going to be a struggle for me not to be either of those things once people lay eyes on her. I don't need the added fuel of her not wearing any panties. I don't know how my girl has made it this long without being claimed, but I'm claiming her now. She's mine. No other man will ever know what it's like to taste her, touch her, or pleasure her. She might not get that yet, but by the end of the night when I'm slipping my cock inside of her and claiming her in the most basic way, she'll know it to be true. I breathe her in. That warm, cherry vanilla smell fills my lungs. I'm not sure what's happened to me today. 
My whole world has been flipped upside down. Never in a million years would I have believed I'd be in my office about to devour a woman. She's not just any woman. She's my future wife. This isn't like me at all. It's not something I'd ever do. I don't know what spell she cast on me, but whatever it is, I want her to continue doing it, because for the first time in a long time, I actually care about something, need something, and that something is her for the rest of my life. Cult. She lifts up her hips. I can't deny myself or her any longer. My tongue darts out, circling her clit. I slowly lick it at first, playing with her, enjoying the taste and feel of her against my tongue. When her sweet taste fills my mouth and her sexy little mules reach my ears, I finally lose my control. I lick and suck her with fervor, trying my best to swallow every last drop of her sweetness. She cries out my name as her hand digs into my hair. Her body shakes as the orgasm rolls through it. I'm equal parts disappointed and thrilled at the same time. I wanted it to last longer, to enjoy more of the sweet taste she gave me, but it thrills the ever-loving fuck out of me that I got her off so quickly, too that she came so easily for me. I give her clit one last kiss before putting her panties back into place. I lick my lips as I look up at her. Her eyes are half-closed while her cheeks are tinted a rosy pink. I don't think we're supposed to do that. She lets out a long, happy sigh. I'll be doing it again, I stand, adjusting my cock that I'm going to have to take care of. There is no way I can walk around like this all night. I'll need to take the edge off so that I don't end up pinning her to a wall somewhere or the back of the limo. No, she deserves better than that. I lean down, brushing my mouth against hers, as I fix her robe for her. I fight the urge to pull down the cups of her bra and lavish her perfect tits with my tongue, because I know we'll never leave this office if I do. I love how she willingly keeps letting me take care of her. I've never in my life felt the need to be the one to take care of someone, but with her I do. No matter how small, her need may be, there is a pull for me to do it. She's sweet and innocent, and I want to protect that, at least from everyone else besides me. Taking her hand, I help her to her feet before going over and grabbing my jacket. I know she's been two doors down in one of the empty offices getting ready for tonight, I don't care if it's a 20-foot walk back. There's no way in hell that she's doing it in only that robe. 
I drape it over her shoulders. Don't run around the office in a tiny robe. You'll get all of my staff fired. She looks at me, perplexed, not understanding what I'm telling her, making her innocence even more clear. I kiss her before unlocking my office door and walking her back to her temporary dressing room. Before I let her go, I give her one more kiss. I don't miss the gasp from the other employees that are still lingering around. I'll see you later, little one. If you need anything, let me know. I turn, heading back toward my office. I don't know what her game is, or why she's still pretending to be her sister. I should be pissed, but that's the last thing I feel. If Madison and Mackenzie think that they are pulling something over on me, they are in for the shock of their lives. Madison might have agreed to be my assistant, but come tomorrow, she is going to be my wife. And we're back. How was that? Office romance. Great first (laughs) chapter. Okay, so all of Lucy Darling's books are 99 cents and in Kindle Unlimited. She's giving away a $50 gift card and Read Me Romance headphones. So if you head over to readmeromance.com, you can enter. Oh, she is. I didn't hear about that. <laughs> she's, giving, uh, she's giving those away. Uh, so go to readmeromance.com, enter to win on the homepage. And if you sign up for uh, Lucy's newsletter right now, you'll get a free free ebook of Meant to Be, which is is their free, free newsletter book. So yeah, and that looks Sweet. like a billionaire, best friend's little sister type thing. So you definitely want that. Yeah. And then I think if I remember right, she has a book out today and it is the sister. So there's two twin sisters. They switch spots. Oh, okay. Okay. So one book comes out today and one book's on the podcast, but the twin sisters. And the twin sisters is Return to Me. Okay. Return to Me. So if you're wondering about the sister, I think she took off. It's been a while since I read it. She took off and you can get her story. Okay. So go, yeah. So go get Return to Me. And we're going to uh, be back on Friday with the rest of Belong to Me. Um, I just wanted to say real quick for those who have still stuck around, and I guess I'll do this in the first part of Friday's episode so don't forget. Check out Read Me Romance for our spring merchandise. We're going to have um, new shirts and sweatshirts and stuff that have the most so cute. amazing logos. Oh, my God. This, so there's a floral one that's just fucking gorgeous. And then there's a peep one that has, like, bunny, like, bunny peep, like the marshmallow ones that I specifically requested. So they're fucking adorable. So make sure to check them out. I'm, we're going to post it everywhere. So um, just be on the lookout if you're interested in some new Read Me Romance merch. So, um, okay, Leah, yeah. tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye. Bye. Read me romance.